Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lady Geeks' Society Podcast. I'm Gisani. I'm Jenna. And today and we, we are here. <laughs> We're very eager oh. to talk about this episode, I guess. I really like this episode. Okay. We are here talking about episode four, Victory. God, I was about to say Hearts and Flowers. Well, honestly, that should, should have been have. the title. Yeah, I hate, I hate Victory. I hate it so much. Fun fact, this is my least favorite title. Yeah, when I was rewatching it and they said the like um the thing at the end, I'm just like, yeah, okay. I was like, who okay, no, not cool. No. Yeah, I'm I'm not about it either. I'm with you on this. No. But overall, this is actually I think this is my third favorite episode. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Because it was episode three. Yeah. But we'll get into why. Okay. I think this okay. is my third favorite, but like. I think it is. This is my fourth, but let's go. Let's get into it. Yeah. So everyone is coming to Aubrey Hall to celebrate uh, Lady Bridgerton's annual Hearts and Flowers dance. Um, I love the whole opening of this. Too, yeah. Like seeing them set up everything. It's so. So when they said fun. Lord Abernathy, like, oh, yes. I totally forgot about that. What is happening with Lord Abernathy? Does are his children? in residence as well or is his children how young are his children they're gonna they're gonna be like what a little bit younger than Gregory yeah so I was like are they are they gonna be in the nursery with the kids we don't really see the kids much in this episode so no we don't who are they off playing with but no they're like all the crumbs I like tried to look a little bit to see if there was anyone playing with Hyacinth and Gregory but I didn't really catch any so that would have been so cute but still that's fine I like the I like the little shout out for sure um, and then we have Benedict painting in the study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the needing his apple. Destroying his still life. I love this so much because Kate's, you know, in her bedroom kind of looking out the window. Yes. And Anthony is. Yeah, like, you cut from him looking in the same direction yeah. she ends up looking in like. Yep. Great shot. Um, uh, This episode is also directed by uh the same director who did last episode three. Okay, um, yeah. Alex Pillai, I think. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the last name right, but directing wise, these are two of my favorite episodes because I just I love yes. I love the vision in this in both of them. They're so good. And this is also written by Chris Van Dusen and Jess Bronwell, who also did the finale. So oh, worth, worth mentioning. Look at that. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, the shots in this episode are fantastic, pun intended, or lack of shots. <laughs> But yeah, Benedict being dramatic, just being like, <laughs> go outside. And then, you know, Kate thinks that. So, okay. Kate's been keeping to herself since the beasting. How many days has it been? How do we think? Well, like two days? I feel like it's been at least a day. Like a full I feel 24 like it, hours? I think it's a full 24 hours because, I mean, I've actually never been stung by a bee, knock on wood. I don't know how long they stay, you uh, know? Well, I've been stung by wasps. I don't know if there's a difference in the pain, but let's just talk about that again. Like my girl just really like swallowed that because that hurts. And yeah. I have a lot of pain tolerance for anyone who knows me, but like when they call it a sting, it's a sting. I don't ever want to find out. So but it's interesting. If I see a bee, I run. She just has like a little red, like teeny. Well, like, yeah, but it doesn't look because a beast, well, a wasp sting swells. Mm-hmm. like you don't like my brother got stung near his eye and his whole eye was shut for like five days 
Oh yeah. my God. So shit swells. But it, well, I don't again, think it was wasp. It did look like a honeybee. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, I don't know if there's like a difference between like how bad it gets based on a wasp or, yeah. a bee, or also maybe your body and how, you know, you react to bruising yeah. and things like that. Also, though, I feel like anytime I see a female character get hurt, they never make it look that bad. No, Unlike any show, they always... I'm not gonna lie that is something that kind of bothers me but that's it, a very it's broad also the position thing. where it is like yeah if this was like her face I would expect like because you know we saw Edmund's face granted Edmund has an allergy so it's yeah. gonna be worse for him yeah but like and I guess that area like on your collarbone kind of like swelling is not going to show as much as if it was like mm. on your face or like you know somewhere where it's going to show more so in that sense yeah keeping to herself because of her bee sting mm-hmm. and then and also though like I forgot to say Anthony's face as he's like before we cut to him like it, it's just you just see every emotion on his face yeah yeah and it's he's just again Johnny Bailey can't say enough no but yeah and then we have Edwina checking in on Kate and her sting mm-hmm. which is which is good she's actually asking after Kate so that's but then nice. it leads to uh, well now I've realized why he has not asked me to propose it's because of you all this time I was trying to get him to fall in love with me when I should have been trying to get him to fall in love with you I it's so cringy and we have to you know I there are a few actually like writing things in here that like I don't want to have an issue with but again, I do because like some things are just like not making. He is the one that I want, the Viscount, his family, this home, the life he offers me. So we will revert back to this in episode six when she says I didn't yes. ask for any of this because honey baby child, this is asking. It's it's not She's even subtle. It's not subtle. She 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 wants this home. She I, I also want Aubrey Hall. Cannot blame her for that. I mean, I also want, want Anthony Bridgerton. Cannot blame her for that either. Yeah. But you wanted this. You but also it's her. like yeah and she's saying she's listening to saying she wants the viscount his family his home the life but she doesn't love him no and but she, she doesn't even like we'll get there later but she doesn't even backtrack on that she doesn't know later on enough it's, no it's this no. appeal and it's like she keeps getting crumbs too mm-hmm. about the fact that she does not know him enough but it's still and that's one thing that like really frustrates me because it feels like there is so much in front of her. And even if mm-hmm. she's like a younger, like she's a young girl, she's a teenager. Yeah. I feel like the writing, like they're just not getting there. And also mm-hmm. his family, she hardly gave any effort at Paul Mall. I'm like, and that's because in the book, at least Edwina has a little bit of fun during Paul Mall. She does. Yeah. She's like, all right, this is like, I don't think she's not like totally into it, but she's she you know how is like, enjoying herself we had a fa- like a headcanon that like benedict and kate would get along really well because they both paint yeah oh, benedict so and edwina could have gotten along because benedict is also pretty even tempered yes you know right. like sh- th- this could have been like a little moment to see her bond with somebody else not eloise because eloise clearly is more of a kate and during the mm-hmm. game someone yeah, else edwina, like, benedict, she could have yeah. gotten along with someone else on the field instead of feeling so isolated. she just felt yeah it was so isolated oh and then i think you were saying too like kate and edwina no yeah. kate and, and, kate eloise, and eloise are more like yeah. like benedict during this game was kind of out of it you know like he had his own thing going yeah. on but still it's like yeah and also though edwina clearly notices 
that Kate hates Anthony and commenting on the fact that they hate each other. Why is she not examining that or even having sisterly solidarity? That is frustrating. Mm -hmm. And then also someone on Tumblr recently, I forget who, you showed it to me about the, um, what do you call it? Like mentioning how the only conversations they have are around men. Mm -hmm. They're primarily around about Anthony. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. There is more to them. Yeah. And it is frustrating that they do that because it just. One of my favorite lines in the book is, I forget if it's Kate who says it or Edwina of like, you know, if like you don't find a match, it's okay. Like we'll go back to um, Somerset and like enjoy each other's company. And then the other one says, there's, yeah. like, there's nothing I want more. You know, we don't really see that of them. Like just being sisters, like, yeah, just talking. Like they could have talked about anything other than Anthony at this moment. Like they were literally, again, another opportunity to tell us about their father, their parents, um, mm-hmm. their, their father, primarily since that is the common parent they share, but like they could have sat in that house and they could have like talked about the dinner for a moment. Like, Oh, do you remember that one time? Cause you know, Edwina last week mentions that, you know, Kate and I used to get in a lot of trouble. Like we right. were also a handful. We could have gotten a memory of, Hey, remember that one time where we did this and like something about how they got in trouble for it. And I don't know, their dad yeah. felt bad or something like, you know, another memory that they're sharing exclusively themselves. Like it's these things that I want to see in a romance because the reason a romance works so well is because we get these fine little moments of getting to know our characters. I care about the family. I care about Kate and Edwina's father. I want to know memories. And they inform us more about the character. So yeah. not doing that is a disservice to everyone involved. I, it's as simple as in the finale of Anthony saying like, remember, like, you know, he put glue in Benedict's shoes. Like we could have gotten something yeah. silly about their father. Like just so that they're sharing moments that do not include a man together mm-hmm. and not spread out towards other members of the ton, whatever. Like everything we know about them is because of conversations they have outside. Nothing that we see together. It's a little frustrating. I know we're in a romance. Trust me, I know we're in a romance. Yep. I love romance. We love romance. But there is, I do think it hurts by like having these conversations being constantly about mm-hmm. men. Because like you yeah. said, we want to learn more about the characters. And it's like, at the end of the day, yeah, we want the love story, but we want these characters to be happy and like be full characters. Mm-hmm. We could have even had a scene of Edwina reading and then Kate being like, oh, what are you reading? And Edwina telling her about the book, just something, anything that does not have to do with the current situation, because I want to see them be sisters without this whole like thing looming over them. Yeah. And this is the perfect genre to do that in. Mm -hmm. So we're here for all the characters. Yep. And they, the show is called Bridgerton. I care about families. If I did not care about families. And this is a rare thing because I'm going to be perfectly honest right now, outside of Jane and Elizabeth, I do not care about the Bennets. Honestly, though, and I I know a lot of people have a similar problem. A lot of people really care about Kitty and Mary. I don't. And I've studied Austin for years, but I just, you know, they're not my cup of tea. But when it comes to the Bridgertons, I care about each of their individual dynamics and the Sharma sisters have all, well, Sheffield in the books, but their sisterhood has always been the purest sisterhood there is. Even the Bridgertons don't have anything close to that. 
it's true and it's like that exists exactly. like it obviously exist. everyone has problems but with their siblings also those like, who were yeah yeah but there's always those that are just pure and are always there for each other and are best friends and we i don't know sisters like that. that yeah and it's like it's sad that we don't get that here no, i don't understand i genuinely love them so much like yeah and they still could have had that dynamic while having Kate have more of a uh, co-parent role. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. hundred percent. Listen, so. I know two sisters where the youngest is essentially very much like kind of the, the one you go to for advice for everything and anything. So anything is possible, but at some point you just, you got to have little things here and there for us to be like, yeah, they, as sisters, they're soulmates. And they were saying that but it's like I feel like it was not translated well on screen again because of this conversation constantly around Anthony Mm -hmm. and the forced drama of a lot of what comes into it like the warmth Um, that they both convey is there of the sisters like there's there's a warmth and I can't really like describe that because it's something that like Simone and Charitha kind of show because you can tell they care about the sister dynamic but the writing on the page is not aligning with what they're trying to show. It's like, it's crooked. It's a little crooked. It is. And then Then we go to London. Oh, right. Guys, I normally do love London. London. I do love London, but I love the countryside as well. But it just, it's a quick one this time of just uh, Madame Delacroix sending Lady Whistledown stuff Mm -hmm. to the print shop. So, which I do, like, again, I do like this team up. Mm -hmm. I think it works really well. Um, But then we're back to the country. The country house, which I love this scene. I can't stress how much I love Daphne in this season. Like she really feels, and this is great because this is exactly what happened to me in the books. I, everyone and their mother knows I hated the Duke and I, but then in the Viscount who loved me, I was like, Daphne Bridgerton, I love you. Mm-hmm. You have my whole heart. Like just her being of like, oh, like, you know, we should put in lilacs and like, she's such a great girl, but like for Anthony, really? Yes. I love that, you know, when she, she says to Violet, she hardly knows Edwina. And then yeah. Violet says he hardly knows her and that's how he wants it. Yeah. So I have, a. this is one of my other issues. Violet's writing throughout this whole season, honestly, the more I think about it, she's very back and forth and goes along with whatever the plot wants in that episode. Yeah. Because now in this episode, she's saying, like, why are you pushing this then? Why? Like, you she's know. She's not, though. I don't think Violet's pushing it. I think no, Violet's she's not giving pushing up. it. She's, like, she is supporting it, though. She's supporting it because she's going to support her kids. Like, it's I not know, like Violet's going to be like, no, you can't have the ring. I'm not giving it to yeah. you. You know, like, of course, she, just like. She also, I don't think she can legally say no to him. <laughs> no, you are right. She legally she cannot. The Lord of the house. But I just feel like her tone is either like excited or not, yeah. you know, like yeah. I feel like she keeps going back and forth between that. And it just, it doesn't make sense yeah. because obviously she's going to be like that. Even with Colin and Maria, yeah. she was like, it's still her son. She's yeah. going to support him, which is great to see that. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, where do you stand? Cause she well, was we'll so excited. With Lady in episode six. We'll talk about that in episode six. Yeah. But a lot of just. All of this, though, like from this episode, how, why are you surprised in episode six? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So again, we'll talk about writing. that in episode six. But I really love what she says about like, 
oh, like sh- uh, quick, sharp, a little too exacting, which is Kate. Like that's yes. Kate to the T. I love. And, you know, Daphne just being like, there's something in us that loves a challenge. And I love Violet smiling that when she starts talking about mm-hmm. the Duke, because she's like, yes, like, you know, you're right. And then she goes, yes, you all do. And I'm like, you know, Violet married into this family. And I feel like mm-hmm. Violet is probably the most even tempered of all of them. Probably. So when she's like, oh, of course, of all my children, they have to get that one trait from their father. Because clearly that was Edmund. Yeah. That was, was, that was Edmund. so sweet. And if yeah. anybody in this family is even tempered, it's Francesca. Francesca yes. is probably the only one who is closest to their mother of like, yeah, I'm very, very outside of this family. <laughs> um, very far from this family. Uh, it's, it is fascinating. I love that conversation. And then is this mm-hmm. when Daphne also goes to Anthony and says like, no, no. And then oh, she, no, like we I have skipped ahead a little bit yeah, because yeah. the conversation. Yeah. And then I also like what she says about the nice shall get to know like the young lady for him. So yeah. I, I love that because one of the things I appreciate about Daphne is that she's not a, like a, an older sister. The older sisters can be like, I don't know we see it a lot where there's something very intimidating about them, but Daphne is not that person. Daphne is the polar opposite. Like, yeah. Let me bring you into my family. That's just her thing with everybody. Like she's very welcoming. And super approachable too. Like you feel comfortable going to her and she's, yeah. She's not just a snarky duchess. She's, she's a duchess. Feel happy to like call your grace. Um, And then we go over to Eloise, Penelope and Colin. Mm -hmm. And then Colin. And uh, going to visit Marina. Yeah. Poor Also, Yeah, I know, poor Ben. But I thought it was interesting that, so like Penelope's being a little heavy handed about Eloise going to see Theo, right? And she says this in front of Colin and Colin says, oh, I agree. So I'm like, wait, so he knows of Eloise going to see Theo and he's not dissuading her or like telling Anthony, you know, like I'm kind of surprised he, like he's not being a protective older brother, which, what was that? Colin's not there. He's there, but he's not there. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, okay, cool. Like he's letting her live her life and do her thing. But also I'm like, would he really be chill with that? Yeah, I think he would because Colin was the one at, you know, Sir Philip's house being like, I just want to go home to my wife. Why are this is true? Why are we like, I feel like if any of them is going to be chill, even though we, we would think it would be Benedict because they're so close. But yeah. I think even in that regard, Benedict would have his hesitations for a split second. And then he realizes, okay, trustworthy. Then he'll start talking about boobs and yeah. stuff with a dude. So I don't know. True. But yeah, we're, then then we're at Kate and Anthony and Edwina talking. And then Kate walks over to them. Also really love this unintentional matching that's happening. Like Kate's dress yes. has little white fl- flowers, I assume. And then Anthony's vest having it. She's wearing Bridgerton blue. She is wearing Bridgerton blue at Bridgerton house and Anthony, I mean, Edwina being like, did you tell the Viscount about your beasting? He really doesn't have to know. No, he doesn't. It's really awkward. Honestly, she feels like a mother right now being like, oh, did you, you know what I mean? I'm like, and then this is, I mean, I'm glad they gave us this scene to get Anthony's different Oz. Like, yes, because that is some A plus acting. But other than that, it's so cringy. But that moment where he's like, uh, like, I don't know how Jonathan Bailey did that, but he did that. And and my heart, man, to the the spot on her collarbone or, you know, wherever it is, my Mm -hmm. dude, you didn't have to flex that hard. We know you're a great actor. You need to chill out a little bit. 
that scene really does it, it gets me. i can't give us a little room to breathe because i can't no oh it's good it's it's too good it is too good um and then also like as she's coming over you see how rattled he still yep. is yeah. from everything and i'm just like oh when Anthony, you know, and then Benedict comes to talk about the hunt. Kate is an excellent shot. And his face was like, of course she is. Is it just... mm-hmm. And then Benedict's face watching him dig himself into a hole. I can't. I can't. Benedict is like eating up every second oh, of yeah. watching this. Oh, yeah. You know, like. The man needs some entertainment in his life. And this is where he's getting it. Yeah. But yeah, just. That whole exchange is, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's great. So she, she's going to accompany them to the hunt, but we're at Philip's house now. The twins are born. I love mm-hmm. like getting babies in this season. Um, although I did want to see the other baby, but it's fine. It's Where's fine. Amanda? Sleeping. With Francesca. <laughs> Wherever Francesca is. Her, her future step-aunt. So- this is really fascinating because I like I like to know that Marina seems happy and content because she really did. Same. Granted, she clearly I don't think she loves Sir Philip, but they seem to have a very interesting dynamic of like you know he calls her my dear, right? I think so. I think I, I missed that actually. I think or I I don't know, but they you know they seem yeah. to have like a good partnership of like parents. Yeah, um, I feel like too he's definitely more like goes with what she wants you know like even just a small snippet I feel like you can get a very good handle on their dynamic Mm -hmm. and we've had a theory because you know we're addressing how we could you know what will happen in season five if they do have the book um you know the book dynamic and I think that they're not ever going to be intimate like that's my headcanon that they are not an intimate couple so I feel like whenever it is time for, you know, if they do stick to the book and Eloise comes to Philip after I'm assuming and hoping it's some kind of either she runs off with another man that she loves rightfully so, or, you know, natural causes. But I feel mm-hmm. like the whole dynamic of them is just going to be that this man has been like touch starved for years <laughs> just because, you know, they didn't I'm have totally that fine with that. Like they, I feel like they have more of a friendship and that's not being pushed to anything sexual or intimate. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I would be totally there for that. And I also would be there for that if Marina and him got divorced instead of her dying. Yeah. Even though it's not, it's not really done still at this time, of course. So it's a huge scandal. But then what happens to the kids? Co-parents? That is true. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I do like the, I, I love the concept of the kids playing pranks on her. Yes. Until she gets like, because it's, it's an au pair situation. And I do love that, that trope. So they could Same. be co-parents. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not mad at the concept of co-parents. No. Or it's like a divorce. That's like, I don't know. It could happen. Yeah. But we'll see. They could we'll be friends with the archbishop who, who did it, did the divorce in secret. I'm fine with that. That's uh, fine. Also Philip's house. I love that house and I wanted it to be Aubrey Hall. I don't. No? I, no, it's too yellow. But in the book, it said the yellow stone. I remember right. that. But like, I remember I specifically the yellow stone and I was like, I want that house. It was from Austin Land. It's cute. I like I it. I do too. But Aubrey Hall really grew on me and then that house was too I yellow. do. It might look different if it had like vines and mm-hmm. 
you know, if they put whatever the vines they had on Aubrey Hall on that house, maybe it would contrast a little bit. Yeah. Because otherwise it was way too yellow. I was like, I do love Aubrey Hall though. It's, yeah. It's it looks gorgeous. like, although Aubrey I low key wish Aubrey Hall was Pemberley because Pemberley is my favorite like house ever. The 2005 yes. Pemberley is my favorite house in existence. Yes. Um, well, she actually, Jane Austen apparently like based Pemberley off of that actual house. Yeah. A lot of feelings about this. I know, man, if it was Pemberley though, it would be great. Cause then we could visit Aubrey Hall when we that visit would be Pemberley best at the same of both time. Worlds. Best of both worlds. Um, but this is uh, anyway, such an awkward moment because Colin is so awkward. Like my God, like, you doesn't sure. know what to do with Oliver. His, his olive jokes. Um, and just you're you're straight up like pressing this woman to tell you that she isn't okay even if she's telling you like I am content oh that was so weird and I was like dude like get over it she's getting over it and like who are you to say I mean we are getting ahead of ourselves but it's fine like who are you seeing her for how many hours like I'm glad she said that too yeah like you see me for a few hours and you think I'm not happy yeah like you don't know me seeing Philip like I'm also glad he got his stash. He had a glow up. Cleaned up. The, thank God for that. Um, because that was not working for me. But you know, like you also meet Philip here. You know, you see that he is a good guy. He clearly is going to take good care of her. Mm-hmm. Like even if she. Just... And the thing is, what he's completely disregarding here is that she had a lover. Yes. He knows she has been in love before, and whether. It was you or Sir Philip that she married. And in the back of her mind, she would always have heartbreak because neither of you were her number one choice. And it's like another show of like, I really hope they're not next season because he has so much growing up to do. Colin is not ready. Colin is no, is a baby. I really cannot. Yeah. Like next season, I really hope it's still as Benedict so that we can yeah. see Colin grow up a little more yeah. and then have Colin Penelope. Season. Yeah. And then give us and a time I don't, jump because I don't want know. a big time jump. Honestly, at least he has to be at least 26. Yo, Colin's 21. I know, but like, I don't know, even if it's just like, if we have like these two years, right? Yeah. So we're, we have well, one year going into season three and then another year going into season four. So he'll be no, 23. Benedict has a two-year time jump within his book. I know, but I'm just saying like, I, I don't, you know me, I don't love time jumps. I know, but I think- We, we miss out on so much. We do, but I, I don't think, really care about Benedict. I do care about Benedict in the two years of searching- no, I agree on that. I, I care more about, well, it doesn't matter. We care about Kate and Anthony, but I'm just, I'm still so upset about how much we don't see of their first yeah. that it's no, just like, that, it's a in that regard, punch. you're right. But the rest of the characters, I don't care. I want the time jump because I want to feel yeah. like they're ready for a relationship. Right. But I'm saying like into next season, like we again are missing so much stuff yeah. and development from Kate and Anthony that I hope it's not. And we're so jumping ahead of ourselves. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's like, fine. well, but just, even if, like I said, there's like Colin the two stuff. years. Yeah. Even if there's just like two years for Colin, though, just yeah. to grow up and there isn't a time jump, or if there is, but like he should not be next season. No, absolutely not. And, you know, I'm really glad that Marina is like, you have your family, you have Penelope, like, please, for the love of God. Basically yes. saying, leave me alone in the nicest way possible. Yeah. And I'm glad, though, that she had the shout out to Penelope. Yeah. And, I really like the way she handled that. 
yeah there was a line his, where was his it? I wrote whole, it down. like oh I forgive you and she's like I don't need your forgiveness like I've let it all go like it's such a and again this is where you're like he's so young because he has no concept of agency in any way no he really doesn't but I really like what she said too where was it because we jumped around wait oh I liked when she was said uh he was wondering what might have happened and she said it's a a fool's form of torture to be wondering what could have happened and I really like that I thought that was a good line but yeah he needs to grow up he definitely needs to grow up and then anyway done with that side we're back to Aubrey Hall Daphne is trying to get to know Edwina and Edwina says oh like I'm looking for a man who's kind and gentle and even tempered like your brother and that should this is what frustrates me because this should have if not Edwina, this should have been Mary's cue. She's right there. Is she though? Is Mary there? Because I don't think she uttered a word this episode. To have been like Antony, even tempered for Mary to hear that and go, wait a second. Does my daughter not really know this man? And on top of that, oh, Kate's been on to something. Like she's literally like a prop there. And Lady Danbury's there. Yep. Like Why is no one talking about this? And again, this is where I have issues with the writing in this episode because the characters who are not stupid are acting stupid. Yeah, they're 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 like no reason muted. Yes, that really frustrated me. Like again, I love how Daphne handles the whole situation because she is Grace, (laughs) she is her Grace. But why even bother having Mary and Lady Danbury at the table? Then there's no reason for them to be there. If they are not going to hear this and do something, what's the point? Because then again, this opens up another plot hole mm-hmm. of like, what is happening? Anyway, we'll get back so, to all this in episode six. Now we are at the yep. hunt. Stupid idiot. Oh, I will just say though, I want to go to an Aubrey Hall garden party. I just want to say that. An Aubrey Hall garden party. Um, Please. I shall offer the hunt. myself up as your target practice. <laughs> um, I love Lord that Bridget. line. What was she going to say when she said Lord Bridgerton? <gasps> I want to know. So badly also though i love them laughing at yeah and the way that he turns when she says lord bridgerton he's like yes what what do you want from me like anything tell what what is it literally though and it's like there's just so much unsaid from the bee sting that it's like oh it's good and i love tension yeah but i also love like before that like them laughing at the maid together them not talking about edwina which is amazing Mm -hmm. I love any time we actually get them talking about each other mm-hmm. and like actually getting another snippet of Kate talking about her past. Yeah. So like her father loved all that. Let the groundskeeper let them hunt with their kids. Yeah. yeah. I well, really the, wish... the royal family yeah. that he worked for. Yeah. We knew exactly what her father did because they keep calling him a clerk, which he clearly was not just an ordinary clerk. Yeah. So why couldn't wait, somebody wait? Tell I us- think. I think clerk is something else in Regency. Is it like a government position? I think it might be. Because then she called, she said he was a secretary for a royal family in India. And then, wait, I thought it was, did they say call him a merchant or a clerk? Clerk. Well, okay. again, that's, I think it was Lady Cowper who was like, oh, like she married an ordinary clerk or like maybe even. Um, right. Um, so 19th century clerical work. So it is kind of like that makes sense for him to be a secretary in India. So often made sales, collected debt, and was assigned responsibility for deliveries. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of in the same vein. So he so he worked for the higher up people. Okay. 
that's cool. At least we get that information. Yeah. But yeah, I really just love this whole exchange, them mm-hmm. smiling and laughing with each other. It's just, it's, it's great. Yep. And then Benedict's oh. working always with the smirks. Also, I love him saying it's a perfect opportunity to win her over. And Anthony's like, do you mean be shot dead by her? It's great. And then when and she- then he offers him up to target practice, like you said. And then she she doesn't take his hand in that scene where she lifts her leg over the log. I love one woman. He and he clearly smells the lilies here. He straight up short circuits when she lifts up. <laughs> oh, I love that gif of it's like loading. Pause. It's so funny. I can't. Also, her being all snarky, being like, "Oh, men enjoying the sunshine, the sign of a great hunt." hunt. I love her with everything in me. And then, you know, when he goes, this is typical, leaving everybody behind. Yeah. Which, she, she didn't say she wanted to go to India yet. No, but I think he says that in the sense of like, you you left yesterday, you left that dance early. Like, he, true. He's yeah. just a greedy little shithead. But one of my, my, I love the party because they're so stupid where she's like, you looked at me. And he's like, you looked at like, are you guys 12? How did I look at you? <laughs> And oh, oh my God, though, when he says that, she immediately just like goes soft and is like, like, cause she knows something was going on. When you put your hand on my bosom. No, when you put my hand on your bosom and I'm like, you're so stupid. Shut up. I can't. He was I helping can't. you, you moron. Again, malfunctions. And he, he doesn't know how. The breathlessness here, the whole, all of it, just their faces. Mm-hmm. His hand definitely touched a part of her she didn't have when he was helping her readjust his gun. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was no reason um, for you to do that. Like, let her do it the way yeah, she but this to do it. But you know what? Yeah, okay. Scene. Yeah, no, it was, it's it was a good scene. It's a fantastic scene. Mm-hmm. And then as they, they're like caught, not caught, but you know, as other people come and it starts raining. Did you notice like- Kate? Yeah. The moment yeah. of hesitation. Yeah. When she like kind of flinches a little bit. Yeah, I did notice that. So I have a lot to say about that. Let's have it. So she's clearly uncomfortable in the rain. You know, she says as much. The rain makes me uncomfortable. There was a, there was a slight thunder. Did you hear it? Yeah. Okay, because so, I missed that, that the first time I watched Was it. there not thunder the night she's riding? No, I don't think there was any thunder. It was just rain. I don't remember hearing any thunder. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Edwina says, how was the hunt? And she says, no, no, no. You know what I don't like about this scene? Where she says, oh, like, we didn't even get to hunt. And Edwina's, oh, God, I don't care about the hunt. Tell me how it went with the Viscount. I'm like, why don't you care about the hunt? Why? She threw her into having, going on a hunt. You don't, like, what if she had an absolutely terrible time, Edwina? You don't care? She's being just a teensy bit selfish. Very teenager here. Um, Yeah. But then the music starts. And I just... I literally have music. Everything about this scene, the way that it's directed, Johnny and Simone looking that beautiful when it should be illegal to look that beautiful. Every single thing about this scene is brilliant, Mm -hmm. except for the fact that it is too short. And I want to make this crystal clear so nobody puts words in my mouth. I do not emphasis on not care that she is not having a panic attack in this moment and that she is not distressed. I don't care. That does not bother me. It also does not bother me that Kate does not have 
a horrific fear of storms to the point where it leads to crippling panic. It's okay. Which is actual PTSD that she yep. does have in the book, might I add. It is, it is not just some silly fear. It is PTSD. But if the show did not want to include that, okay, that's fine. Fine. I didn't expect them to include that either. However, if this means that her mother died, okay, okay, no, getting ahead of myself. So just know, I don't care about this. It did not have to be word for word for the book. I fully agree. The reason this scene is the best part of the book is because this is the scene where Kate and Anthony get the smallest moment of vulnerability that shakes both of them in the subtlest of ways and leads to both of them seeing each other as mirror versions of themselves and wanting to be there for one another. That's, they get to know each other most because as Kate is in this house and, you know, she tells Anthony like, oh, tell me about this house. Tell me about your father. She gets to know his father. He does not necessarily know that the storms frighten her because of her mother here, but he understands that there is something here that messed her up. What it is exactly, he doesn't know, but he realizes that like what he's seeing in her eyes is mirroring his own. That's what was missing. And Simone is showing us so much, but it should not have been up to her to show us so much when dialogue could have said just a little bit more. And all I wanted from the scene is two more minutes, one more minute. So an argument- I would have even taken 30 more seconds of dialogue to be completely honest. Yep. And the argument here is Kate is not going to divulge any information to Anthony. Wrong. Because when she tells him like, oh, it's a storm. I've always found it unsettling. Um, My father used to read to me during the monsoons. Now they remind me of him. She divulged information. Okay. But in this moment after, you know, she says like, how did he die? You know, about Edmund and Anthony says it was a bee, you know, to to see. Oh my God. I also love that they brought in that quote of like, to to see a man down by a bee. Like it was humbling. Really love that. In that moment, Anthony could have taken two seconds to have been like, how did your father die? When did your father die? And she would have answered it because they're already Mm -hmm. in a really intimate moment here that has nothing to do with Edwina. It has nothing to do with their hatred for one another. It's just a moment between two people who are looking into a version of themselves. And Kate could have just said accident. I don't know, a plague, whatever. I fully agree. Sorry, finish up. Just something else to allow us and Anthony to get to know that part of her that is also like him, because this would have been the perfect opportunity. I assume that Kate's mother, that Kate was older when her mother died. And so she probably does not have PTSD. But why was little Kate uncomfortable with the storms? What made her uncomfortable? She could have even said, like, it could have been something along the lines of, it feels like the world is, is mad. Like people with fears of any kind, it's not always PTSD. I No. Like it's not, but it's still something to get to know a person. It could even be irrational because we all have irrational fears, but that's just Spiders. a moment for us to, how many people are afraid of, we're afraid of bees and we don't have anything remotely close to what Anthony went through. Like I said before, I run from them. I literally run from bees. I am scared of birds. And the flappiness freaks me out. We all have weird things. Kate could have just said a few more words for us to know more about her because 
I want Kate to speak. I want more of her. I want to know her favorite color. I want to know that she thinks that every time there's a storm, the world is going to crack. I don't know. What is it about the storm that makes her uncomfortable? Does she feel like she's not going to see the sunlight the next morning? What is it? Because there's always something. There's a reason. And a lot of time, the reason equates to a situation that makes the person feel vulnerable. And putting this out there, in a moment where Anthony was already vulnerable with her, it would she would have felt safe enough. She would have. And I feel like when there is that kind of vulnerability, there is like some kind of reciprocal, Yeah, you know, like there, it's very the energy is different here. They're not where they were in the woods. They're not even where they were during his panic attack. They're in such a vulnerable position. And I don't know if science could back this up or psychology, but something also happens at night. Like people are way more vulnerable at night than they are during the day. Especially they're out of their normal clothes. Like they're out of they're their in their soft clothes. clothes, sleep deprived, uncomfortable. You're not, your armor is, even if it's there, it's not fully on. It's unbuttoned. No. The dialogue should have given us just a little bit more and this scene would have been perfect. Otherwise it just feels too brief. And I'm like, I should not have, like the whole show should not be riding on Simone's shoulders. No, like Simone and Johnny's shoulders, because I right. feel like they're, their acting on this is we have to look into their acting yeah. more not to, like and they did a fantastic job because it's so easy to read more and into their acting exactly and i but love it should kind of acting yes but, but it's dialogue. like you said we need dialogue it shouldn't be on that um and one of i have a few issues with this like you said it's too brief that i i almost felt like whiplash when it was over because i was like wait what yeah um because of the book and I wasn't expecting her to still have her PTSD from the book I really wasn't but what did throw me was there was an article where they said that thought like thunderstorms are very important yeah and I think a few people got excited that oh so she is still gonna have this fear Mm -hmm. but then it wasn't there so it, that was another kind of whiplash. But again, I didn't need it to be there. I'm very much on the same page as you. I just needed a little more dialogue because, and again, we're going to get way more into this in the coming episodes, but the way that their development is in the book, it's almost effortless. And I feel like they're taking bits of pieces and I know that they wanted to extend, prolong them getting together and stuff. But I feel like by cutting things short here and there, we're left wanting. And I feel like their relationship doesn't feel as smooth or as effortless during the development period. Yeah, because of the and, lack of vulnerability. And this would have been the yeah. perfect scene to get that in. And I get it. Like there is vulnerability here. It Clearly there's vulnerability oh, yeah, here, but it's just cut so short that it's like, wait, give them more time to breathe but also give them more time to speak and to get to know each other. This is our couple of the season. Mm-hmm. Like this is who we're watching for. And I think everyone would have been more happy with that because then I feel like towards the end of the episode when it's like, you know, and again, we'll get there. It's like, it almost feels a little jarring where it's like, like I see it, I see it and I do feel it between them, but I, I'm missing something. Yeah. So, but I, I do love this scene still. It's just, it's not the library scene. It's a scene in the library. Again, I didn't need a word for word of the library. I I didn't. I just needed the vulnerability at Aubrey Hall. 
Yeah. Because that's where it matters. Yeah. And again, like we have it, but it's like sprinkled in instead Mm -hmm. of what we what we're starving for yep and then i just realized that the the violet and daphne conversation is after the library yeah it's okay oh well we can we'll go back and forth we'll get to where we need to be will we and then um, oh you know what the oh shit okay what i one other thing though about the library scene before we move on like i think if they did do the library scene exactly like the book it it would have been harder to believe for him to propose to Edwina and I get that yeah yeah but they definitely it definitely should have been longer 100% should have been longer um but it almost feels like a checked box that was the other thing I was gonna say it's like oh oh library scene like it's like someone like they didn't read the library scene and someone told them about it badly and you know what I could see library scene moving on to Edwina out of fear I could too I really could because there he is clearly in fear the second when he Daphne says love it will come to the service he's like I know what to do love can't come to the service so I'm gonna propose to the one I cannot love yeah so it's like so yeah they could have kept it more like the book and had them gotten much deeper and he still would have done it and I think it would have felt more believable yep not that I don't doubt his love at this stage but at the same time it's like where where where's the the vulnerability vulnerability go and then the so anyway we're now sorry going back yes I love this dance yes he's clearly oh wait but first we have Daphne uh talking to Anthony Edwina Edwina. not Edwina yes Daphne talking to Anthony my eyes skipped a line yeah like is she truly Um, the one that you want is there no one that you share similarities with and he's clearly thinking of Kate yeah he's just refusing to answer and he's like no and just in the Duke's absence you've become more meddlesome you deserve to be meddled yeah you do and then seriously when she makes that comment about did you have fun with the Viscount by yourself yes at the ball okay like I'm sorry, but it, what is happening with Lady Danbury here too? Like mm-hmm. what I said for Violet kind of goes for Lady yeah. Danbury as well. Yeah. Like they've almost become props. Yep. And yeah, and then Anthony asking for Edwina's first dance, of course. I'm just like, I need more dances of Kate and Anthony. Yep. But that's neither here nor there. And then there's that dude with Violet, with Eloise, which Eloise's dress is really pretty in this <gasps> I love her dress here this so dress much. dress is so beautiful. The decor is so Ten beautiful. looks beautiful too. Yeah, everyone- like, at this ball is just stunning um seriously and then Eloise gets mad at the dude and then she goes <laughs> I love this okay. though like yeah. this this whole exchange like oh there was something I wanted to say before when she was talking to Colin and Penn and she was like talking about the um the pamphlet she's been reading and she's like oh they're they're a little more um what do you call it Re- not revolutionary I wrote it down Oh, Eloise, you need to calm down just like a little bit. Oh, she's like, oh, they're rather radical, which seems, uh, which is why I seem to like it so much. I'm like, okay, you need to chill just a little bit, you know? But then here, I really like it because like, obviously Eloise does have stuff to say about some other women, but it's more about society and why those women are stuck in their roles rather than having something against women. Because I've seen some people being like, oh, she's so like, judgy about other people no, in society and I'm judgy like, about the fact that there are rules yeah and the fact that like that's where they ended up is because they're listening to their mamas and like mm. all this stuff like you know but then 
so this conversation with the guy and she quotes Locke and he's like, oh, Locke, blah, blah, blah. And he does say most ladies can barely articulate a thought. And then she stands up for them That's because she, she knows. Yeah. yeah, because it's like, it's because they've not been offered the same opportunities. Yep. And it's like, so I really like that scene because it shows that she does know more of what's going on. And like, I know it's easy to mistake her callous words for other women, but she really does understand more of what goes on. She definitely still needs to learn, but I just, I really like that. Also, Lady Danbury's jaw drop when she leaves the floor. Love that too. And then her comment to, this is not like some, what does she say? Like, I didn't just put this, my rebellion. Put it on like a dress. Yeah. Something that I donned. I, I don't know. I love that. It was, it was, yeah. It was a good moment. And then Edwina being like, you have to dance with him because this is what's going to make sure the proposal happens. And Yeah. But wait, Eloise saying to Violet though, that she's sorry. She's a disappointment to her. Yeah. I don't like that scene. It makes me very sad. It makes um, me so sad, but shout out to Claudia for that. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah Edwina yeah. making them dance. And then they dance. And literally though, and Nicola said this as well, that like, Dancing on my own is such a Penelope song. It really is a Penelope song more it than is. anyone else. So I love the cover and I think it's a brilliant cover. It works so well, but it, it is such a Penelope song. Like, why would you not let her have it? It is. I, I agree, know, but I, I will say it does work for it does work. them though. Johnny and so practiced human heart though. And I freaking wish we got that. I'm not as familiar with the lyrics for that so I'm gonna have to look at that later but I would be I'd be down for anything but I I love this song it is it's it's such a good song it's such a good scene yeah it does work it works more for Penelope but the fact that it works for both of them for this dance I think yeah Kate just kind of sets it that's like my thing yeah oh that was another little bone to pick I have I have a bone to pick I have you know what I'm trying to say. Let me just read you the lyrics. Boys, don't cry. Boys, keep it all inside. I try to hide it underneath. Still, my heart starts to beat. And then when it gets to the female part, it says girls can make believe. Girls wear it on their sleeves. Thought I could pretend for trying sake. Still, my heart tries to break. Uh, still, my heart had to break. And then the chorus with everybody is my human heart. Only got a human heart. I wish it didn't run away. I wish it didn't fall apart. How? brilliant would that have been for them okay fine yeah that would have been perfect anthony but i do love dancing on my own don't cry but it would have been perfect because of the society that we are living in that song would have been great um but i am absolutely obsessed with this dance yeah. like, like also i love anthony's coat with the buttons on the back I love side note foot glide. the foot glide that foot glide the way haunted me for months it's oh just like like the way they circle each other yeah but the way they circle each other and just I I cried when I watched it again I was like oh it's too much I love it so much have something you wish to say to me if I were to ask for your hand your blessing would you say yes and she's like it does not matter what I want and then the do not do you want me to reconsider and then I don't think that is true he is the only person who asks her what he wants and this is the first time in four episodes that somebody asks Kate what she wants and I want to go set myself on fire because it's unfair it is so unfair obviously I'm glad he's 
the first person to do this, but at the same time, I wish he wasn't. Yeah. Like, why, why is her family not paying attention to her? Like, it just, it doesn't make sense, but I, their whole exchange just like is a knife to the heart. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect. I am leaving for India. So you will abandon her. Like, yeah. Johnny's temperament change is what the fuck, dude? It's like, so good. What? Who allowed that? It's so sudden and like, but effortless. And my throat hurts just like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he, like, he is afraid, like afraid of her leaving. And yeah, it's he's like. He's so rattled at this moment. Like, so then by the time. Well, I was just going to say also him asking, like, is that what you want for me to reconsider? Like if she asked, he would have. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It like really like kind of frustrates me, but it doesn't frustrate me because like it's beautiful and I love it. But it's like, again, if things worked out differently, I would have been so much happier, but it's fine. It's fine. We're not going to get there. When he says, and you will not concern yourself with finding a match of your own. And she's like, why, why, like, why do you care? Why does that? Yeah. And he's so breathless in this moment. Oh, and then is is that, that goes to the, the, we're in the study already. In the study. Yeah. 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 Like, why does that concern you, sir? Maybe you should realize that you are courting the wrong woman. When he says, why is it that you dislike me? So like, <sighs> I have one, one thing though. There is one line here that kind of feels mildly out of place, but like, I, I understand but he was like, you can, you'll look for like any excuse to keep me from your sister. And I'm like, what is her having to do to leaving for India? I think that's with just that? him not knowing what to say. I think he's so messed up in this moment that like, he doesn't even know what he's saying. Yeah. The thought of her leaving. It's just like, cause just like, that's the only one that just kind of like, wait, wait, I like, just, you know, I'm yeah. just like, I interpreted that as Anthony has no idea what he's like, where his brain has gone. But yeah, her face betrays her. The whole "you hate me," yeah, just ooh. and then the, because you vex me, and then just all of this stuff and his stupid "I am a gentleman." Yeah, okay, sure you are. Yeah. And, and the fact your that he heart is with my sister and cannot say the word "sister," and she cannot nope. say "I do not have feelings." It's just feeling. Mm-hmm. That's all that comes out of her. Yeah, and it's you know I was wondering today, like, is this this is kind of taking the place of like, do you still hate me scene? Yeah. After Paul Mall. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm also like, we never got the wrist kiss that I wanted so badly. If he had just like turned his head to her wrist, it's the little. Listen, thing. I'm, I don't know if I'll ever be over not getting the wrist kiss, but moving on. But like, tell me you feel nothing and I will walk away. Oh. I just. Say you do not care for me. Like, come on, dude. Come on, you idiot. Like, where, what are we doing? What are we doing? See, it's like, but again, thing. like, if we had a little more build Here's up the thing. The- People keep saying that I'm happy they chose each other and they weren't forced into marriage. If someone other than Daphne caught them in this moment, it would have still been a choice because clearly yeah. they want to be banging. And they want to be closer. They are not sworn enemies. They have feelings for each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not they, have been a they forced all marriage. Have said it. Yeah. Like, and while I agree, yes, I like that they chose each other in this, but also so much 
it's just so much of their book does happen like their emotional journey like really changes after they get married so again we miss out on so much of that where this doesn't feel like an adaptation it feels like fan fiction and I think that's another slight issue I have but I do like that they choose each other yeah, I will no, never absolutely. like but we'll we'll talk about this in next week's episode where yeah. how they could have still chosen each other and had the same exact path without episode six anyway I saw a fan a fan theory about that as well that would have solved well not a theory but a fan's headcanon other like yeah. headcanon of how they could have fixed that and oh I yeah. wouldn't have minded the wedding let me just say that much just Damn. yeah it would have literally solved everything, but we'll get there when we get to episode six. Uh, and then Daphne, you know, there is something between, because she's aggravating, like his stupid face. When he <gasps> that, so dumb. that line, I die every time I watch it because she is aggravating. I, oh I can't. And then this is where, you know, Daphne's saying like, love is going to come to the surface eventually. And he's like, then I know what I must do and proposes to Edwina because he's an idiot. And Lady Danbury basically telling Kate to tell him whatever it is that you feel. Yeah. And tell Edwina, come clean about the inheritance scheme. Like, oh, and she was about to as they get into the. Which is what fucking hurts the most. Yeah. And then also though, like he comes out and he's like, wait, I need to speak with you. And she's like, yes. And he's like, no, Miss Edwina. Uh, I, uh, hate that scene. I hate how she, uh, I really, I, mm, everyone. Oh my God. It. Her just handing the glove to Kate too. That it makes me angry. Yeah. yeah. If you couldn't tell, but it makes me so angry. Anyway, Prudence is also trapped in a marriage, but I really don't give a shit about that. The best part of Prudence in this episode is when she throws that thing or whatever and no one's looking at her. She's she like, wins. look at me, everyone. And I just thought that that was fantastic. Listen, I Bessie love Carter that. could be the best comedic relief if they just time it better. If Yeah, I feel like just timing is so off. And it just, like, I feel like I keep getting whiplash, but I, I love her. Like, I know. She's hilarious. Especially that like, scene. Not... I was like, yeah. But then, of course, we have to get, we get someone trapped into, well, a marriage of convenience. By but Portia, of all people. Hmm. It's, it's them. Um, oh, and then Prudence saying Penelope is just jealous. Like, what? no. Of all people. Can, see, this is why we needed the Sharmas to have the relationship from the book. Yeah, because seriously, like they're there is awful no sister to, relationship. No, not with Penelope and anyone else. I think there is some between Prudence and Philippa, but yeah. Penelope's sisterhood with her other her hurt, like no. But I don't give a shit about Prudence and Philippa's dynamic because they're not part of our love stories. No offense to anyone. No, yeah, and it's like, and like a little bit with like okay, Francesca and like Hyacinth a bit, Eloise, but not really. Yeah, we like don't most really of the Bridgertons get- like they're all paired with men. Like Gregory yeah. and Hyacinth are best friends. Yeah. Elizabeth Benedict. And then we the get the most between Eloise and Daphne. Daphne. Yeah, we get the most sisterhood between Daphne and Eloise, but it's even still like- Not even. Yeah, but we, yeah, it's like, we don't get to see enough. And no. like, they're very different. They, yeah. they're not best friends, but they no, still a hundred percent love each other. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, It's not that Edwina and Kate don't love each other, but Edwina and Kate were best friends by choice. Yes, uh, on top of being sisters. So it's yeah. like- Man, I wish we kept that. Yep. It's okay. Uh, It's okay. I do love Violet and Daphne giving each other a look when Anthony proposes and they're both just like, what the? I love that. That's episode four. And I do love it. I do love it as well. It makes me. I also love it because I think this is the 
Yeah, it does make me angry at parts, but tragically, this whole season yeah. makes me angry at least once every episode, which is not where I thought I'd be after seeing how well I don't they think did eight makes me angry. It it makes me angry purely for the fact that there is such a large gap between Kate and Anthony and we don't get their wedding. That's we true. Just Never mind. It makes that, me angry. That's well. yeah. <laughs> okay, what would you rate this episode? I would actually give this episode a nine. No, I take that back. I take it back. I take it back. 8.5. But it is my fourth favorite episode. 8.5 as well. Yeah, because like I love it, but like we were saying, there are too many like writing inconsistencies, yeah. and that is tragically throughout the whole it's season. all a result of episode six if episode six didn't exist i would have forgiven everything that's happening here uh same here but so we'll talk we about that when we get there you can follow us on twitter at lady geeks pod yeah come join us again and we will talk about episode five next again time. i'm so curious to talk about five because i feel like same we're going to have a lot to talk about because also like we're bad because we've been skipping some stuff and jumping yeah. ahead a little bit with even just episode four. We're going to be all over the place with five. I feel like there's all there's there's a place where we're going to come back to all of these things. But yeah. yeah. All right, everyone. We will see you again real soon. Bye.